Today we read Genesis 44 through 50 and we find out what happens with Joseph and his sneaky brothers. Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Richmond and this is the Dwelling Richly Bible Study where we love God, heart, soul, mind, and strength. We are women who enthusiastically and intentionally dwell in the Word and let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. You can find Bible studies and video teaching like this on my blog and the Dwelling Richly podcast. Subscribe to this channel, hit that little church bell so you can get notified whenever I drop a new video. Let's get into the Word. Welcome back. We're going to get into God's Word today. And like I said in the intro, we are reading straight through Genesis 44 through 50. Can you believe it? High five right through the screen. You did it. You have made it to the end of Genesis, reading a big, thick, amazing, confusing, shocking, wonderful, foundational book of the Bible. Good job, Gold Star. <laughs> this was a great journey, and I look forward to wrapping up these final chapters with you. We get to conclude um, so much of the lives of the patriarchs and kind of the drama and the suspense that's been building in this final big story in the account of Joseph and his brothers. And uh, I'll put a link at the end of this uh, episode today to one of my absolute favorite all-time musicals. You can probably guess what it is based on the chapters that we're reading. So enjoy that if you want to continue on and just have some time to relax and kick back and uh, enjoy that fun musical based on these chapters. And uh, today we're also going to just wrap up this final time of our first lesson with our concluding create and share. I always tag on day 10 to day nine uh, so that you can have some time to think and pray and get started on your create and share aspect of the Dwelling Richly study. So let's go ahead and get started in a word of prayer. Today, uh, we are focusing on the women in your grace group. We've prayed for our grace group leaders. Uh, we've prayed for, uh, thank you for praying for me. Uh, you've prayed for the leader of your group. And today I'd like us to really focus on praying for one another. Maybe you remember someone by name and a story that she shared during prayer time in our group study. Maybe you don't know the people by name yet. You're just barely getting started. But you can take the time right now to even go through the comments on previous uh, videos and podcasts and, and read those and get acquainted with these women and take the time today to lift everyone up in prayer. Number one on our page here is pray for the other women in your grace group. We all have a lot going on today and maybe some are feeling discouraged. Ask God to give each woman a strong sense of his grace and strength in their life today. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you once again for your word. Thank you for everyone in the hearing of my voice today. I know there's a lot going on. There's things that we feel comfortable sharing and things that we just aren't ready to even talk about, but we can certainly whisper them to you and your heart will hear and you will love and send what we need. Lord, thank you for that wisdom. Thank you for that encouragement. And I do pray for those listening right now, Lord, that you would bless her, strengthen her, give her wisdom of what she's facing today. And may the words that she reads and listens to in your holy word today be an encouragement and a strengthening and a reminder of your greatness in the lives of the people that you have worked through in history and in her own life as well. And bless our time in your word in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Number two, memorize and meditate. How are you doing on Isaiah 40, 28? Well, you wrote your verse with your eyes closed yesterday. Wow. How'd you do? <laughs> You're amazing, right? Today, I think we shall write with our eyes open. 
but with your non-dominant hand. <laughs> so have fun and be sure to post a photo of your masterpiece. We always have fun sharing these in our group when we come back together. And then number three, read and, read and engage. The theme of this study is through Genesis is lost and found. As you read this final portion today, consider how you have seen that theme throughout Genesis. As a reminder, as we go through each chapter, we're making a note of the who and the where or any really any other basic essential details of that passage. Uh, we're really focusing on God and the attributes and the actions that we see at play as he's revealing himself. And then any questions that come to us, any thoughts that we have, um, keying in on the idea of lost and found. There's room here on the chart to record as much as you want and we just go straight through this and then we'll wrap up our time together uh, like I said with our create and share at the end. So right now let's go ahead and hop over to our final portion and get started on the rest of today's study. Genesis 44 through 15 and of course at the beginning of today's chapter we have a pronoun he so you need to know who the he is especially if you're just now tuning in and joining us that he is Joseph. And uh, he's been a main player in the last couple few chapters. And so he that is the one uh, that we're referring to here. He, he instructed the servant who was over his household, fill the sacks of the men with as much food as they can carry and put each man's money in the mouth of his sack. Then put my cup, the silver cup, in the mouth of the youngest one's sack, along with the money for his grain. He did as Joseph instructed. When morning came, the men and their donkeys were sent off. They had not gone very far from the city when Joseph said to the servant who was over his household, pursue the men at once. When you overtake them, say to them, why have you repaid good with evil? Doesn't my master drink from this cup and use it for a divination? You have done wrong. Oh my gosh, they're going to be so surprised, right? When the man overtook them, he spoke these words to them. They answered him, why does my Lord say such things? Far be it from your servants to do such a thing. Look, the money that we found in the mouths of our sacks we brought back to you from the land of Canaan. Why then would we steal silver or gold from your master's house? If one of us has it, he will die, and the rest of us will become my Lord's slaves. Verse 10. He replied, You have suggested your own punishment. The one who has it will become my slave, but the rest of you will go free. So each man quickly lowered his sack to the ground and opened it. Then the man searched. He began with the oldest and finished with the youngest. The cup was found in Benjamin's sack. They all tore their clothes. Then each man loaded his donkey and they returned to the city. So Judah and his brothers came back to Joseph's house. He was still there and they threw himself to the ground before him. Joseph said to them, what did you think you were doing? Don't you know that a man like me can find out things like this by divination? Judah replied, what can we say to my Lord? What can we speak? How can we clear ourselves? God has exposed the sin of your servants. We are now, my Lord's slaves, we and the one whose possession the cup was found. But Joseph said, Far be it from me to do this. The man in whose cup the hand was found will become my slave, but the rest of you may go back to your father in peace. Then Judah approached him and said, My Lord, please allow your servant to speak a word with you. Please do not get angry with your servant, for you are just like Pharaoh. My Lord asked his servants, do you have a father or a brother? We said to my Lord, we have an aged father and there is a young boy who was born when our father was old. The boy's brother is dead. He is the only one of our mother's sons left and his father loves him. Then you told your servants, bring him down to me so I can see him. 
We said to my Lord, the boy cannot leave his father. If he leaves his father, his father will die. But you said to your servants, if your youngest brother does not come down with you, you will not see my face again. When we returned to your servant, my father, we told him the words of my Lord. Then our father said, go back and buy us a little food. But we replied, we cannot go down there. If our youngest brother is with us, then we will go, for we won't be permitted to see the man's face if our youngest brother is not with us. Then your servant, my father, said to us, you know that my wife gave me two sons. The first disappeared, and I said, he has surely been torn to pieces. I have not seen him since. If you take this one from me, too, and an accident happens to him, then you will bring down my gray hair and tragedy to the grave. So now when I return to your servant, my father, and the boy is not with us, his very life is bound up in his son's life. When he sees the boy is not with us, he will die, and your servants will bring down the gray hair of your servant, our father, in sorrow to the grave. Indeed, your servant pledged security for the boy with my father, saying, If I do not bring him back to you, then I will bear the blame for my father all my life. So now please let your servant remain as my Lord's slave instead of the boy. As for the boy, let him go back with his brothers. For how can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? I couldn't bear to see my father's pain. Chapter 45 Joseph was no longer able to control himself before all his attendants, so he cried out, Make everyone go out of my presence. No one remained with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. He wept loudly. The Egyptians heard it, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? His brothers could not answer him because they were dumbfounded before him. Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now do not be upset and do not be angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me ahead of you to preserve your life. For these past two years, there has been a famine in the land. And for five more years, there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God sent me ahead of you to preserve you on the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it is not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me an advisor to Pharaoh, Lord over all his household, and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Now go up to my father quickly and tell him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not delay. You will live in the land of Goshen, and you will be near me, you your children, your grandchildren, your flocks, your herds, and everything you have. I will provide you with food be there because there will be five more years of famine. Otherwise, you would become poor, you, your household, and everyone who belongs to you. You and my brother Benjamin can certainly see with your own eyes, I really am the one who speaks to you. So tell my father about all my honor in Egypt and about everything you have seen. But bring my father down here quickly. Then he threw himself on the neck of his brother Benjamin and wept. And Benjamin wept on his neck. He kissed all his brothers and wept over them. After this, his brothers talked with him. Now it was reported in the household of Pharaoh, Joseph's brothers have arrived. It pleased Pharaoh and his servants. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, Do this, load your animals and go to the land of Canaan. Get your father and your households and come to me. Then I will give you the best land in Egypt and you will eat the best of the land. You are also commanded to say, do this, take for yourselves wagons from the land of Egypt for your little ones and your wives and your little puppy dogs, <laughs> right? If you're only listening to me, then you can't see what's in the video. And that's Dela, my doggie, jumping around, trying to get my attention, which she absolutely has. 
Back to verse 19. You are also commanded to say, do this, take for yourselves wagons from the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives. Bring your father and come. Don't worry about your belongings for the rest of all the land of Egypt will be yours. So the sons of Israel did as he said. Joseph gave them wagons as Pharaoh had instructed, and he gave them provisions for the journey. He gave them sets of clothes to each one of them. But to Benjamin, he gave 300 pieces of silver and five sets of clothes. To his father, he sent the following. 10 donkeys loaded with the best products of Egypt and 10 female donkeys loaded with grain, food, and provisions for his father's journey. Then he sent his brothers on their way and, and they left. He sent to them, as you travel, don't be overcome with fear. So they went up from Egypt and came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan and they told him, Joseph is still alive and he is ruler over all the land of Egypt. Jacob was stunned for he did not believe them. But when they related to him everything Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to transport him, their father Jacob's spirit revived. Then Israel said, Enough! My son Joseph is alive! I will go and see him before I die. Chapter 46 So Israel began his journey, taking with him all that he had. When he came to Beersheba, he offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. God spoke to Israel in a vision during the night and said, Jacob, Jacob, he replied, here I am. He said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation there. I will go down with you to Egypt, and I myself will certainly bring you back from there. Joseph will close your eyes. Then Jacob started out from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried their father Jacob, their little children, their wives, and the wagons that Pharaoh had sent along to transport him. Jacob and all his descendants took their livestock and the possessions they had acquired in the land of Canaan, and they went to Egypt. He brought with him to Egypt his sons, his grandsons, daughters, and granddaughters, and all his descendants. These are the names of the sons of Israel who went to Egypt, Jacob and his sons, Reuben, the firstborn of Jacob, the sons of Reuben, Hanak, Palu, Hezron, Carmi, the sons of Simeon, Jemuel, Jamin, Ochad, Jakin, Zohar, Shaul, the son of a Canaanite woman, the sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, Merai, the sons of Judah, Ur, Onan, Shilah, Perez, and Zerah, but Ur and Onan died in the land of Canaan. The sons of Perez were Hezron and Hamul. The sons of Issachar, Tola, Pua, Jashub, and Shimron. The sons of Zebulun, Sered, Elon, Jahil. These were the sons of Leah, whom she bore to Jacob and Padan Aram, along with Dinah his daughter. His sons and daughters numbered thirty-three in all. The sons of Gad, Ziphon, Haggai, Shuni, Esbon, Ari, Arodai. Arieli, the sons of Asher, Imna, Ishva, Ishvi, Beriah, and Sarah, their sister. The sons of Beriah were Heber and Malkiel. These are the sons of Zilpah, whom Laban gave to Leah, his daughter. She bore these to Jacob, sixteen in all. The sons of Rachel, the wife of Jacob, Joseph, and Benjamin. Manasseh and Ephraim were born to Joseph in the land of Egypt. Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bore them to him. The sons of Benjamin, Bela, Beker, Ashbel, Gerah, Naaman, Ehi, Rosh, Mupim, Hupim, and Ard. 
These are the sons of Rachel, who were born to Jacob, 14 in all. The son of Dan, Hushim. The sons of Naphtali, Jazil, Guni, Jazer, and Shilem. These are the sons of Bilhah, whom Laban gave to Rachel his daughter. She bore these to Jacob, seven in all. All the direct descendants of Jacob who went to Egypt with him were 66 in number. This number does not include the wives of Jacob's sons, counting the two sons of Joseph who were born to him in Egypt, and all the people of the household of Jacob who were in Egypt numbered 70. Jacob sent Judah before him to Joseph to accompany them to Goshen. So they came to the land of Goshen. Joseph harnessed his chariot and went up to meet his father Israel in Goshen. When he met him, he hugged his neck and wept on his neck for quite some time. Israel said to Joseph, Now let me die since I have seen your face and know that you are still alive. Then Joseph said to his brothers and his father's household, I will go up and tell Pharaoh, My brothers and my father's household who were in the land of Canaan have come to me. The men are shepherds. They take care of livestock. They have brought their flocks and their herds and all they have. Pharaoh will summon you and say, What is your occupation? Tell him. Your servants have taken care of cattle from our youth until now, both we and our fathers, so that you may live in the land of Goshen. For everyone who takes care of sheep is disgusting to the Egyptians. Verse Chapter 47 Joseph went and told Pharaoh, My father, my brothers, their flocks and herds, and all they own have arrived from the land of Canaan. They are now in the land of Goshen. He took five of his brothers and introduced them to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph's brothers, What is your occupation? They said to Pharaoh, Your servants take care of flocks just as our ancestors did. Then they said to Pharaoh, We have come to live as temporary residents in the land. There is no pasture for your servants' flocks because the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. So now please let your servants live in the land of Goshen. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Settle your father and your brothers in the best region of the land. They may live in the land of Goshen. If you know of any highly capable men among them, put them in charge of my livestock. Then Joseph brought his father Jacob and presented him before Pharaoh. Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Jacob, How long have you lived? Jacob said to Pharaoh, All the years of my travels are 130. All the years of my life have been few and painful. The years of my travels are not as long as those of my ancestors. Then Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out of his presence. So Joseph settled his father and his brothers. He gave them territory in the land of Egypt, in the best region of the land, the land of Ramesses, just as Pharaoh had commanded. Joseph also provided food for his father, his brothers, and all his father's household, according to the number of their little children. But there was no food in all the land because of the famine that was very severe. The land of Egypt and the land of Canaan wasted away because of the famine. Joseph collected all the money that could be found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan as payment for the grain they were buying. Then Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's palace. When the money from the lands of Egypt and Canaan was used up, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, Give us food. Why should we die before your very eyes? Because our money has run out. Then Joseph said, If your money is gone, bring your livestock, and I will give you food in exchange for your livestock. So they brought their livestock to Joseph, and Joseph gave them food in exchange for their horses, their livestock, their flocks and herds, and their donkeys. He got them through that year by giving them food in exchange for all their livestock. When that year was over, they came to him the next year and said to him, We cannot hide from our Lord that the money is used up, and the livestock and the animals belong to our Lord. Nothing remains before our Lord except our bodies and our land. 
Why should we die before your very eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land in exchange for food, and we, with our land, will become Pharaoh's slaves. Give us seed that we may live and not die. Then the land will not become desolate. So Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. Each of the Egyptians sold his field, for the famine was severe. So the land became Pharaoh's. Joseph made all the people slaves from one end of Egypt's border to the other end of it. But he did not purchase the land of the priests because the priests had an allotment from Pharaoh and they ate from their allotment that Pharaoh gave them. That is why they did not sell their land. Joseph said to the people, since I have bought you and your land today for Pharaoh, here is seed for you. Cultivate the land. When the crop comes in, give one fifth of it to Pharaoh. The remaining four fifths will be yours for seed for the fields and for you to eat, including those in your households and your little children. They replied, you have saved our lives. You are showing us favor and we will be Pharaoh's slaves. So Joseph made it a statute, which is in effect to this day throughout the land of Egypt. One fifth belongs to Pharaoh. Only the land of the priests did not become Pharaoh's. Israel settled in the land of Egypt, in the land of Goshen, and they owned land there. They were fruitful and increased rapidly in number. Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. The years of Jacob's life were 147 in all. The time for Israel to die approached. So he called for his son Joseph and said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, put your hand under my thigh and show me kindness and faithfulness. Do not bury me in Egypt. But when I rest with my fathers, carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burial place. Joseph said, I will do as you say. Jacob said, Swear to me that you will do so. So Joseph gave him his word. Then Israel bowed down at the head of his bed. All right, so at the end of chapter 47, are you are you hearing familiar names? And are you familiar are you hearing familiar actions? Um, the vow taken by putting the hand under the thigh. Um, are you hearing interesting notes that might remind you about how um, we are in Christianity today and the idea of a tithe that people still practice to this day? little bit differently than this tithe that Joseph sets up for Egypt. But these all will play in as you further your studies and go into books like Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy and understand what all happens. If you choose to move forward into Exodus, I encourage you to do that. Uh, you'll get even a broader understanding of this man, Moses, who wrote Genesis and uh, what all happened after um, the end of Genesis, of course. All right, let's go ahead on and wrap it up with these final three chapters. Chapter 48. After these things, Joseph was told, your father is weakening. So he took two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, with him. When Jacob was told, your son Joseph has just come to you, Israel regained strength and sat up on his bed. Jacob said to Joseph, the sovereign God appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan, and bless me. He said to me, I'm going to make you fruitful and will multiply you. I will make you into a group of nations. I will give you this land to your descendants as an everlasting possession. Now, as for your two sons who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt, they will be mine. Ephraim and Manasseh will be mine, just as Reuben and Simeon are. Any children that you father after them will be yours. They will be listed under the names of their brothers in their inheritance. But as for me, when I was returning from Padan, Rachel died. To my sorrow in the land of Canaan, it happened along the way some distance from Ephrath. So I buried her there on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. When Israel saw Joseph's sons, he said, who are these? Joseph said to his father, 
They are the sons God has given me in this place. His father said, bring them to me so that I may bless them. Now Israel's eyes were failing because of his age. He was not able to see well. So Joseph brought his sons near to him and his father kissed them and embraced them. Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see you again, but now God has allowed me to see your children too. So Joseph moved from them from Israel's knees and bowed down with his face to the ground. Joseph positioned them. He put Ephraim on his right hand across from Israel's left hand and Manasseh on his left hand across from Israel's right hand. Then Joseph brought them closer to his father. Israel stretched out his right hand and placed it on Ephraim's head, although he was the younger. Crossing his hands, he put his left hand on Manasseh's head, for Manasseh was the firstborn. Then he blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life along to this day, the angel who has protected me from all harm, bless these boys. May my name be named in them and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac. May they grow into a multitude on the earth. When Joseph saw that his father placed his right hand on Ephraim's head, it displeased him. So he took his father's hand to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. Joseph said to his father, Not so, my father, for this is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He too will become a nation, and he too will become great. In spite of this, his younger brother will be even greater, and his descendants will become a multitude of nations. So he blessed them that day, saying, by you will Israel bless, saying, May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. Thus he put Ephraim before Manasseh. Then Israel said to Joseph, I am about to die, but God will be with you and will bring you back to the land of your fathers. As one who is above your brothers, I give to you the mountain slope, which I took from the Amorites with my sword and bow. Chapter 49. Jacob called for his sons and said, Gather together so that I can tell you what will happen to you in future days. Assemble and listen, you sons of Jacob. Listen to Israel, your father. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might and the beginning of my strength, outstanding in dignity, outstanding in power. You are destructive like water and will not excel, for you got on your father's bed, then you defiled it, he got on my couch. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Weapons of violence are their knives. O oh, my soul, do not come into their counsel. Do not be united to their assembly. My heart, for the in their anger they have killed men, and for pleasure they have hamstrung oxen. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their fury, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them Israel. Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down before you. You are a lion's cub, Judah. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He crouches and lies down like a lion, like a lioness who will arouse him. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he comes to whom it belongs. The nations will obey him. Binding his foal to the vine and his colt to the choicest vine, he will wash his garments in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes will be red from wine, his teeth white from milk. Zebulun will live by the haven of the sea and become a haven for ships. His border will extend to Sidon. Issachar is a strong-boned donkey, lying down between two saddlebags. When he sees a good resting place in the pleasant land, he will bend his shoulder to the burden and become a slave laborer. Dan will judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. May Dan be a snake beside the road, a viper by the path that bites the heels of the horse so that its rider falls backwards. 
I wait for your deliverance, O Lord. Gad will be raided by marauding bands, but he will attack them at their heels. Asher's food will be rich, and he will provide delicacies to royalty. Naphtali is a free-running doe. He speaks delightful words. Joseph is a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough near a spring whose branches climb over the wall. The archers will attack him. They will shoot at him and oppose him. But his bow will remain steady, and his hands will be skillful because of the hands of the powerful one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel, because of the God of your father who will help you, because of the sovereign God who will bless you with blessings from the sky above, blessings from the deep that lies below and blessings of the breast and the womb. The blessings of your father are greater than the blessings of the eternal mountains or the desirable things of the age old hills. They will be on the head of Joseph and on the brow of the prince of his brothers. Benjamin is a ravenous wolf in the morning devouring the prey, and in the evening dividing the plunder. These are the twelve tribes of Israel. This is what their father said to them when he blessed them. He gave each of them an appropriate blessing. Then he instructed them, I am about to go to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave of the field of Ephron the Hittite. It is the cave in the field of Machpelah near Mamre, in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought for a burial plot from Ephron the Hittite. There they buried Abraham and his wife Sarah. There they buried Isaac and his wife Rebekah, and there I buried Leah. The field and the cave in it were acquired from the sons of Heth. When Jacob finished giving these instructions to his sons, he pulled his feet up onto the bed, breathed his last breath, and went to his people. Genesis chapter 50. Then Joseph hugged his father's face. He wept over him and kissed him. Joseph instructed the physicians in his service to embalm his father, so the physicians embalmed Israel. They took 40 days, for that is the full time needed for embalming. The Egyptians mourned for him 70 days. When the days of mourning had passed, Joseph said to Pharaoh's royal court, If I have found favor in your sight, please say to Pharaoh, My father made me swear an oath. He said, I am about to die. Bury me in my tomb that I dug for myself here in the land of Canaan. Now let me go and bury my father, then I will return. So Pharaoh said, Go and bury your father, just as he made you swear to do. So Joseph went up to bury his father. All Pharaoh's officials went with him, the senior courtiers of his household, all the senior officials in the land of Egypt, and all Joseph's household, his brothers, his father's household. But they left their little children and their flocks and herds in the land of Goshen. Chariots and horsemen also went up with him, so it was a very large entourage. When they came to the threshing floor of Atad, on the other side of the Jordan, they mourned there with very great and bitter sorrow. There Joseph observed a seven-day period of mourning for his father. When the Canaanites who lived in the land saw them mourning at the threshing floor of Atad, they said, This is a very sad occasion for the Egyptians. That is why its name was called Ebel Mizarim, which That is why its name was called Abel Mizraim, which is beyond the Jordan. So the sons of Jacob did for him just as he had instructed them. His sons carried him to the land of Canaan. He buried him in the cave of the field of Machpelah near Mamre. This is the field of Abraham purchased as a burial plot from Ephron the Hittite. After he buried his father, Joseph returned to Egypt along with his brothers and all who had accompanied him to bury his father. When Joseph's brother saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph bears a grudge and wants to repay us in full for all the harm we did to him? 
So they sent word to Joseph, saying, Your father gave us these instructions before he died. Tell Joseph this. Please forgive the sin of your brothers and the wrong they did when they treated you so badly. Now please forgive the sin of the servants of God who your, of your father. When this message was reported to him, Joseph wept. Then his brothers also came and threw themselves down before him. They said, Here we are. We are your slaves. But Joseph answered them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant to harm me. But God intended it for good purpose, so that he could preserve the lives of many people, as you can see this day. So now don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your little children. Then he consoled them and spoke kindly to them. Joseph lived in Egypt along with his father's family. Joseph lived 110 years. Joseph saw the descendants of Ephraim to the third generation. He also saw the children of Machir, the son of Manasseh. They were given special inheritance rights by Joseph. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will surely come to you and lead you up from this land to the land he swore and on oath to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath. He said, God will surely come to you. Then you must carry my bones up from this place. So Joseph died at the age of 110. After they embalmed him, his body was placed in a coffin in Egypt. <laughs> wow, right? So that concludes our reading of Genesis. I, I find myself so satisfied with this ending. And I hope you as well, reading it through, felt the richness of it, the passion in it, the focus on God, God's sovereignty, how God moved, and Joseph's amazing, godly, wise heart to redirect everyone from everything back to God. So in terms of Genesis and our lost and found theme, I want you to be thinking about that. Garden of Eden, lost. Sin, separation from God. Adam, Eve, lost. But for the grace of God, God continued to move through people. And God, people kept on rebelling, being lost. And how does God come forward so they can be found again? So counterintuitive to our culture today to consider how when someone is lost by their own devices, the tendency in our culture today is that's it, you're done. But God is there to seek and to save those who were lost. And he, we see that theme throughout all of Genesis, even to the very final words of this amazing account. Well, as we wrap up today, we are going to into our Create and Share uh, this is the first time we've done Create and Share together. And uh, you'll see this at the end of each lesson. And so I want you to be encouraged and looking forward to that. And, and a pro tip also is at the beginning of your lesson, go ahead and look at the Create and Share so that it can be going around in your mind as you are going through each day and ideas will come to you because it'll always be some kind of creative outpouring that I'll have you do at the end. The idea of the Dwelling Richly study isn't just to read the Bible, answer some questions and chip, chop, chip, we're done, right? The idea of the Dwelling Richly study is to dwell and to dwell richly in the word and then let Christ's word dwell in us. And the aspect of dwelling uh, isn't just reading, but it's hearing it. You're listening to me right now, sharing it, being creative with it. It's, it's multifaceted. That's the whole concept. So I hope you'll embrace the create and share. Uh, I'll read this final message to you and uh, then we will 
we'll wrap up our study together here. All right. So day 10, uh, create and share. Day 10 is set aside to take what we've been reading and learning and dwelling upon. And now we bring it all together, create something new and personal, then share it to bless someone. I developed this part of the Dwelling Richly study because I wanted to see women not just study and bring the word in, but to let it move around inside of them and then come back out in a way that would bless others. Jesus was the ultimate example to us of exactly what this day is set aside for, creating and sharing. Everywhere Jesus Christ went, he created. He is the epitome of all creation and is the one with God as the creator. He's our beautiful example to follow as he shared not only in the simple acts of kindness, but in the stunning and miraculous acts of sharing his healing power. We were made in his image to do and to be and live like him, not just because that's what a good Christian should do, but because we are most like Jesus when we imitate him and live up to his image within us. So our create and share time is not just another step in our Bible study. It is literally fulfilling what we have been called to do. Be imitators of God as dearly loved children. I encourage you to embrace this time in each lesson, to challenge yourself, to reach a bit, even if it's out of your comfort zone to create. So many women don't think of themselves as creative and feel awkward trying to express themselves artistically, but I hope you'll grow in this area and really embrace the spirit of creating and sharing. I believe it'll bring a wholeness to you in ways you never expected. I opened this study with Isaiah 40, 28 as our central meditation because I wanted us to think about how God engages with us. I wanted us to see through this whole study that God seeks and finds, reaches and restores, and all the while asks us to see, really see and know him. God is asking the question, do you not know? <laughs> Haven't you heard? As if to say, hey, it couldn't be more obvious than this. I am the creator. I got this. Think about what that looks like in your mind when you see God as the one who restores from lost to found. What would your life look like had you not been found and restored by God? Then think of why this imagery is such a beautiful picture of what you've read in Genesis that God has done for every person whose stories you've now read and what it looks like for you. Now take time to draw the image in your mind. It's okay if you're not good at drawing. Go ahead and embrace the act of creating and just enjoy the process. Listen to our worship playlist as you draw. Read Isaiah 40, 28 and keep that in mind as you draw as well. Creating is an important part of letting the word of God dwell in you richly. P.S. I would love for you to share with me. You can email or text me, jennifer at lamradachurch.com. And my number is included here in this episode as well, 562-755-4964. God bless you as you wrap up today's study and tomorrow as you do your create and share, or maybe you're going to go ahead and do it today. Thank you for being a part of this and engaging with me here on this podcast. And thank you for sharing with me your create and share as well. Why don't you take it one step further and share this Bible study? Invite a friend to join you. I bet as you're reading through this, you were thinking of someone you love who you realize, ah, oh, man, I wish, you know, so-and-so was doing this Bible study too. Reach out, invite someone, share and engage. And always know, as I always say at the end of every study, that you are loved and prayed for. And I look forward to being back here again with you as we begin Listen to. Bye-bye for now.